the Mayhem Machine makes for magnificent mobile meddling this week on The Hapless Heroes. Hello and welcome to the Hapless Heroes Podcast. My name is Dave and I will be your host and Dungeon Master for this evening. Now, we start our evening as we start several, occasional, many, some, sometimes all of our evenings in, in you know the same manner where I introduce my cast. And we're going to start from my eeny, meeny, miny right where I will introduce Francesco as Tabi Osterman. Let's get to some mayhem, boys. To his right, we have John as Basha. Fire at will. And to his right, we have Phil as Hedrick, the Entertainer. Oh, this is just like my pickup tactics. Forward and aggressive. (laughs) Too much? (laughs) (laughs) No, that's exactly the tone we've set as uh, our um, battle wagon travels forward aggressively into uh, the waiting hordes of um, whatever these uh, monstrosities are. No one's really ever stopped to ask them what they are yet. It's just been a kind of a lot of, uh, you know, uh, smash and move on. Do we ask them or? (laughs) Yeah. I don't know if they'd be forthcoming with it either, but you know, I like, I don't want to just, you know, like be out with the name because then it ruins you know, discovery or something like that. I don't know. I want to be right. better storytelling or something. But these do these constructs look like the same ones we've encountered inside the heroes have encountered inside the tower? Or the the audience would recognize them as the exact same if we were okay. watching this on a screen. Okay, cool. So yeah, uh, Tabby's in an action position, ghost riding the whip on top of the uh, mayhem machine, aka battle wagon. Yeah, I don't know. Bog things down with checks, but I feel like at some point we need to make some sort of dexterity or acrobatics check to make sure that you haven't just flopped off the top of this thing. I will happily do that whenever you choose. Because in the meantime, right. I'm going to summon my mage hand with the mage hand legend domain cool stuff I get, and it's just going to like be floating near me. It will be visible right now. It is visible. Now, um, when it's visible, what does your mage hand in particular particular look like, Tommy? It looks like a um, like a, like a human-sized hand with like a little bit of the wrist showing before it just kind of like vanishes into like, you know, magical wispiness. And then the actual like contents of it, it just looks like almost like this bluish black celestial sort of like space almost like you're like when you look in like when you look into the hand or at the hand it's almost like this slow moving celestial like backdrop but there is no real outline to it so it just kind of looks like a like a like almost like a hand of that's like the void essentially like just floating there 
I'm so glad I ask questions like that. I'm so glad you ask questions like that. This is this is good DMing here. This is a good opportunity. I like it. So so yes, uh, you are ghost riding this whip and uh, kind of barreling forward. And I think I've I've teased and set up this encounter enough. We should probably just initiative roll ourselves into it and get on with it. Sure. How far are our adversaries currently? These these interesting looking con- evil constructs. We're going to set things at an even, um, well, I, I want to give it a little bit of, I don't need to give it that much space. Um, we're going to call it an even 30 feet. Oh, close. Great. Yeah. Like, um, they weren't terribly far away and you're driving towards them. And how many of them are there? Um, let's say that there are four of them inside of 30 feet. Okay. How fast are we traveling? Is there any way we can gauge? I'm talking like idle speed. So. Well, Hedrick is in the driver's seat. He's just got his loot in his hands and he's there in case something goes wrong. Like something jumps in the way and I need to correct it. Yeah, it's going like, I don't know, three feet per second. Okay. Uh, Okay. So uh, three times six. uh, What's that? 18. Yeah, so you know what? We're going to round it to a 20 feet per turn. Yeah, yeah we're, we're going to actually have this moving along here. Yeah. Like, I don't know if this is going to be too fast for you to kill, but, you know, it's probably too fast to kill, you know, without some bonuses. But we'll see how it goes. I kind of like this idea. I think this is honestly pretty cool. Uh, about there's there's four in front of us, thirty feet away. What's the rest of this path look like between us and the humans? We see like fifty of them. We see like twenty of them. Can we see? Is there like trees, or is it mostly just kind of rocky island? Okay, so between you and them, there is a broad paved boulevard that extends between the harbor where you have landed and the entrance to the tower. This boulevard is about a hundred feet wide and it's paving stones and it's um I mean it's it's roughly about I had said a thousand feet, so I mean it's it's a little ways away. Mm-hmm. Right now at idle speed you guys are going about twenty feet a turn. And uh where you are right now, I kinda have a little you know, I'm kinda just doing a little bit of quick napkin art here at the bottom. So we got the truck and about 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. We've got one, two, three, four of these guys somewhere in it, you know, a decent spread across the way. You might run two of them over with the truck at once. If you are aiming to do so, or if you are at least not avoiding doing so. So we've got that going on and I just want to get into, uh, what do we have for initiative roles? Tabby. All right. And I got uh, one initiative. The one oh. place so we can't do anything with that. Such a pity, I suppose. Well, I guess if you're going to get out of the way. All right, Basha, what do you got? I wasted a 20, so I have a 24. <laughs> okay. Mr. The Entertainer. 16. Hedrick has a particular displeasure for these creatures. Normally undead resemble humanoids, resemble humans with imaginations and ears to hear beautiful music. And these things just look like 
husks of like armor and metal and he recognizes there's there's nothing in these things that appreciate art and no. he has no qualms about hurtling they have no it. taste no taste whatsoever <laughs> i mean they're not a mockery of life like true undead but it you know they're not life at all and that's it's its own kind of perverse All right, so that's going on. We've got, okay, so uh, let's see. I want to make sure I've got all my stuff here. And we're just doing a little bit of napkin math there. All right, so Basha, it is your turn. You're in the sidecar there. It is about 10 feet back of the driver's seat of the truck. So you are roughly about 40 feet away, and you can see the rightmost two from the sidecar. Uh, I would fire at the one to the further right. Um, that's a miss with a six. Yeah, six is not going to do that job. Uh, and that's probably all I would be able to do. All, all right. right. Um. One thing before I get any further along in initiative to the enemies is I did not answer a question fully that was posed to me by Hedrick, and that is what the uh, rest of the boulevard looks like up ahead. We got caught. I got a little bit in the in the woods there. I described that it is a boulevard, but as far as the enemies, there there are numerous spread out along this. But we're looking at, geez, like groups of four more or less every 20 or 30 feet along the way here. So it's like you're encountering a new one every five feet, but they bunch up a little bit. Okay. So about 05, 10, 15, 20, 25, yeah, about 30 feet or so behind this group is another group of them. So that's 50 feet away. Yeah. Well, no, they would be 60 feet away from the front of the truck because the truck okay. hasn't been Right, got it. Okay. Yep. All right, so uh, that was the one shot that you had there, Basha, right? Was there anything else you were doing on your turn? Nope, just reloading. Okay, so I'm to be sure. So we have gotten to these enemies, and what do we have any kind of ranged attack? Unfortunately, they don't really have a particularly good ranged option, so they are just going to start shambling forward uh, towards the truck, and well, they have a speed of about 30 feet, so they, they close pretty quickly and get right up on the front fender. And they are banging on the front of the cabin. As it's moving in front, forward, them forward to them. Okay. Yes, this is all. Remember, a moment in time. Right, 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 right. Okay. All right. So that has happened. They are banging on the front of the vehicle, but they cannot reach any of you as it stands right now. So Hedrick, we are on to your turn. What are you doing from the driver's seat? Uh, continuing to play. Um. First, I suppose I would like to, uh, let's see. Would Tabby still have inspiration? It hasn't been 10 minutes, so. Yeah, well, and it, I, yeah it hasn't been 10, um, and we're going to have it continue because this is the same episode, essentially. Excellent. Um, so I suppose he'll turn up a bardic inspiration to 
uh, Basha and say, uh, don't worry about it, pal. Just reload. Keep them coming. As he's just just going right up, right up and down his uh, his loot. Um, for his main action, I think he's going to try to start uh, unearthly chorus, and he's going to be using his amplifier. So. What goes from a 30-foot radius goes to a 60-foot radius. The music spreads around corners, can be heard up to 100 feet away, now 200 feet away. Music moves with you, centered on you for the duration until the spell ends. You make charisma performance checks with advantage. In addition, you can use a bonus action on each of your turns to beguile one creature you choose within 30 feet, now 60 feet that can see and hear the music. The creature must make a charisma saving throw. If you or your companions are attacking it, the creature automatically succeeds on the saving throw. On a failure, the creature becomes friendly to you for as long as it can hear the music and for one hour thereafter. Uh, you make charisma deception checks and charisma persuasion checks against these creatures made friendly uh, with advantage. Hmm. So I don't know how those would really affect these undead, but what I want them to do is become friendly to us, and I'm going to choose one that hmm? Basha is not attacking. So I'm choosing the one on the left as we are moving. Um, uh, yeah, and it says on each of my turns, I can beguile one creature I choose within 60 feet that can see and hear the music. So beguiling them, just making them friendly. They have to make a charisma saving throw. Okay, they don't need to like understand a language you're speaking or anything. It just comes directly out of the music, then, right? Yeah. Perfect. Okay. I'm, I'm using the the amplifier. Music is the spread. universal language. Yeah. Ha. Mm. Huh. So I suppose uh, there's four in front of us. Basha shot at the one wide right. Yes, he did, and missed. I'm gonna choose. Uh, whichever one on the left, um, the furthest one. If there's one further away or if there's one uh, further away from the vehicle. So if it's furthest left to the outside or towards the inside but long, I'm going to aim on the other side of the of the people moving. <laughs> the Mayhem Mobile. All right. Okay, so it gets a seven as its charisma check. So it is now friendly to us. Mm. Okay. Um, beguiled. Yes, it is beguiled and stops banging on the uh, front of the uh, vehicle. All right, I'm going to take that off my target list. Uh, yes. I mean, okay, so that one is at least stopped. It is not trying to rip the grill off the front, as the other three are still attempting to do. And uh, I would just like to shout out, Hey, Toby, I'm going to try to see if I can create some uh, converts here. Don't hit the docile ones. Roger that, friend. I hope you know what you're doing. Yeah, so um, if they're attacking it, the creature automatically succeeds the saving throw. All right. So yeah, I am not attacking it currently. And it says I can do this on each of my turns. 
if we're continuously moving, I can choose one um, and beguile it. Hmm. And that's just a bonus action. All right. So is there anything else going on on your turn there, Hedrick? No, that's it. I'm letting, right now I'm letting it move forward, uh, hoping that it can get past these guys, this little first wave. All right, so uh, that happens in Tabi. We are now onto your turn, still in a moment frozen in time where they are banging on the front, but the vehicle hasn't moved enough to stop them from doing that yet. And you are in your ghost riding position. Tabi's plan of action slightly changes here. All right. He um, kind of retracts his wrist crossbow in a little bit, so his left hand is free. And what he's going to do is he's going to start waving his hand around his rapier and creating sort of this this um, almost like like these threads of shadow around the rapier. And I'm going to cast Shadow Blade as a bonus action. Uh, it says, I weave together sh threads of shadow to create a sword of solidified gloom in my hand. I like to think it actually just like it's like, gloom. Yeah, because it's a illusion. So I think it's actually like it's just sort of like be kind of illusory in an illusory fashion, like replacing my rapier, right? Uh, it counts as a simple melee weapon in which we are proficient. And it's got the finesse property and everything like that. And essentially, when I attack with it, it deals 2d8 psychic damage on a hit. It has finesse, light, and thrown properties. When I use the sword to attack a target that is in dim light or darkness, I make the attack roll with advantage, which that's not applicable here, but just saying that. But if I drop the weapon or throw it, it dissipates at the end of the turn. All right. Thereafter, while the spell persists, you can use a bonus action to cause the sword to reappear in your hand. So what I'm going to do is I'm then going to jump off the front of this, um, you know, battle wagon and land, try to land behind, we'll say number two. So my mage hand is now floating in front of it and I'm behind it. Okay. And I'm going to make uh, an attack with the Shadow Blade. Okay, so you are attacking the second one in. Number one is docile. Number four was missed. Number two is the one that you are currently attacking. That is correct. And let's see. Oh, shit. I already used my bonus action, so I can't do this anymore. Okay, that's fine. Next time again. So here we go. Nat 20. Nice. Amen, brother. So real quick, so that's uh, 16 psychic already. And then we got sneak attack. Nope, we don't have sneak attack. So that's why do you not have sneak attack? I don't have advantage. I okay. don't have an I don't have an ally in five feet that's also attacking it. All right. Oh, the ally is not attacking it. Yeah, you're right. Do you know what I mean? As a bonus action on my next turn, I can use my mage hand to confirm myself advantage, but I already used my bonus action to summon my shadow blade, so I can't do that myself this turn. Huh. Which is fine. Um, so it deals... So we already have 2d8 plus... 16 plus... Ooh, nice. So we have 28 psychic damage that it takes. Oof. And then, because I have the mobile feet, um, 
When I make a melee attack against a creature, I do not provoke an opportunity attacks from that creature for the rest of the turn, whether I hit or not. So I'm going to, uh, I have a speed of 40 feet. Probably use about, what, five to get behind this thing, to jump off? Yep. Uh, is there anything within 35 feet that I could potentially hide behind? Within 35 feet, there's um, not a lot if you're looking uh, for something that's in front of, but off to the side of where the truck is going, unfortunately. Okay, that's fine. Um, so in that case, instead, I will use my hunting action. Oh, how about within, uh, what is it? My dash. Is there anything within 75 feet? 75. I mean, oh, never mind. Never mind, because cunning action uses your bonus action as well. Yeah. Well, shit. I mean, if you need to hide behind something, you do have the moving truck. Hmm. I might do that. I might swing around, like you know, to the to where like the left, you know, the one that the the beguiled monster is, yeah. and um, just try to like kind of put myself out of immediate harm by going there and just kind of, you know, move alongside of the vehicle. Um, yeah. Because I could easily move myself back into position. All right. So that will be what Tabi does. Um, is there anything else that's happening on your turn there? I think that's all of the things. Okay, so uh, that's happened, and things have progressed a little ways, and the truck is moving, and actions are happening, and... Um, the two in the middle are run over by the truck and are utterly destroyed. The one that was missed is off to the side and is... One second, real quick roll here. 19, so also takes some significant damage and is uh, clipped and severely damaged as it gets smashed by the turret on the side that uh, Basha is sitting in. As a, as a free action, I'll just quickly shout to Basha, leave that one for me, friend. You focus on what's in front. All right. So uh, that's happening. And the uh, the beguiled one is standing a little dumbfounded on the side. Yeah, I would imagine, uh, I mean, it just regards us as, well, it says it regards me specifically. But it also says if me or my companions attack it. It doesn't say if anything else attacks it. So. All right. Still, it's kind of standing there, you know, doing that kind of, you know, uh, confused John Travolta look. That's good. Oh, That's right. fine. So, yeah. So, uh, we've moved forward a little bit and we're into Basha's turn. And, uh, Basha, what are you boshing? Uh, how far is the next grouping of them from us? The next grouping is 10, 20, 30, 40 feet in front. So it is 50 feet from where your turret is. Okay. Uh, Basha will um, hop off of his turret. Now, I don't have to do the um, holstering of my weapon because it's on a mount, correct? Yep. So I can yes. just get my nunchucks ready. Um I can make it the 50 feet because I am super fast. <laughs> uh, and I will strike the one that doesn't look like it's already going to get run over. <laughs> so the one to the furthest right or whatever is not in the path of the oncoming 
Mayhem machine. Nice. All right. So, so with... you're going to make your charge and attack then? Yep. Uh, two attacks with the nunchaku. And then uh, I think I get two more unarmed attacks. Now, is that per attack or is that per attack action? Let me just double check. Oh, geez. It's been a couple of months. How does the bonus attack work? Well, it depends, right? Yeah, it's been a while since we've 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 worked with a monk here, so I want to say it's Flurry like of when blows you says after the attack action, not and flurry of blows. You have to spend key to do that, so you have to actually yeah. announce you're using flurry of blows. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm planning on doing. Okay, okay. so two. So that's not the bonus attack action then. Well, one was in that one. <laughs> the first one was in that one. So should I even roll the second one? Oh no. You should roll the second one, yes. Because you're a monk. So what's going to happen is you do fall prone in your initial uh, attack. So you don't have any movement left this turn, but I'm going to, because you're a monk and you do opportunity type shit, I will let you make the remainder of your attacks from prone. You just have to get yourself up next turn. Um, with um, Hedrick gave me inspiration, right? Or not Bardic oh, inspiration? Um, yeah. What does Bardic inspiration do for us? Is that just a straight up uh, extra one, die? As one the D10. D10. To a D20 roll. That's not going to take us out of crit failure land, though. No, this is my second attack with the... Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. If you want to cash it in on the second, go for it. Uh, that's a 16 to hit. Uh, let's see. Uh, is that what you're going with? That's what I have. That's the best I can do. Okay, Plus since... The... Have you decided to attach your uh, inspiration to it, or are you going to go without Oh, I already did. Oh, that's, oh, that's okay. Yeah, that's going to be a swing and a miss. Okay, I will try with two kicks then. Yep. Is this for a flurry of blows? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and then I can do still two kicks at least. Yep, you've got your two unarmed. And as you're a monk with some levels, those are not going to be insubstantial hits either. That's a 19 and a 17. Those will both do the job. Okay. 17 matches because uh, 16 not. That's what we need. Eight. Man, I am rolling just absolutely awful. Um, 11 damage. <laughs> That's it. 11 damage. Yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, staggered a little bit. Um, it's um, showing a little bit of wear, but it's not really damaged or anything like that. Okay. We glossing over the net one there? Um, no, he is prone for the remainder of the turn. Right. Okay. Yep. He has to, you know, he has to use whatever mechanics available to him, or spend half his movement to get up. Oh, on I can use. Uh, well, no, I can't right now because I have, I don't have any movement left. But I can use uh, standing up from prone costs only five feet. That's okay, yeah. Okay, oh, you're a drunken master. Okay, very good. Have to be I, don't have the, I don't have the distance left. 
Yeah, if you don't have the distance left, you can't do it on this one, but you'll be able to take that five off the top of your next turn. Mm -hmm. Oh, sounds good, and it's perfectly in character that you were able to get those shots in when you fell down. All right, so uh, we have gotten on to the enemies, and uh, while those first batch haven't done all that much, uh, let's see. Yeah, we've still got the one uh, standing a little dazed. We got the other one standing uh, concussion dazed, uh, you know, off to the side, about to get passed by our vehicle. Um, we do have uh, that one that uh, you took a couple shots at, Basha, and it's going to take a couple of shots back at you, since uh, you are there, and that's our slam attack and the first one is going to be a uh, 12 against armor class that's probably not going to do the job um can i actually use my reaction of tipsy sway now and uh the if a melee hit or if a melee misses it instead hits another ic within five feet it hits another it's it's what if, if, uh, if, yeah, uh, so you burn to make it happen. Yep, I, I have I, mean, I haven't used any yet, so this is the second one. You, well, you definitely did for your flurry of blows. Right, flurry of blows is costs key. Right. Okay. Yeah, so you've burnt the flurry of blows key. Uh, now, uh, yeah, as long as you can make that reaction, you can burn those extra key points, and uh, yes, you can uh, redirect that uh, into somebody else. And there is one within range if you choose to do so. Yep. All right. So that's one of its attacks. And I'm just going to use the second attack that I rolled for this, uh, for that one then, because that was a nat 20 and it's going to swing at the thing next to it. Nice. Uh, let's see. And that is, uh, let's see, 3d6 plus 5. So that's going to be 6, 12, 18. Plus six, it's 24, 28, 35 against uh, the one next to it. And it smashes it and significantly damages the one next to it. Nice. It will still make its second normal attack at you because it still has it. And that is going to be an 18 against armor class. That matches. That matches. And we'll do that 3d6 plus 5. Oof. 15 bludgeoning damage. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, plus it's got the extra. This also does cold and fire damage as it hits to the tune of. And, you know, let me know if you have any resistances to any of the above. I don't think I do. You'll be taking three cold. Okay. And five fire as well. Okay. Ouch. Yep. So that's what happens there. Oh, yeah, this thing uh, gets its uh, extra um, elemental crit against that thing, too. Also, don't forget, I mean, you we have those temporary HP to burn through first. Yeah, yeah, hopefully people are doing that and not burn off their regular pool. Um, the extra elemental damage actually does do enough to kill the uh, kill the construct next to it. So uh, the, that second from the right in that second rank has been obliterated by the one next to it. Cool. 
It's just me catching up, making sure that I'm reading the entirety of my uh, monster sheet here and not just the first little bit of the attack action. There's still, like, what, three more over there? Yeah, there are still three more over there. Uh, there's the one that swung. There was the one that was destroyed, and we're going to call that destroyed before it gets its chance to attack. And there's a couple more that are outside of melee range, but they are going to instead advance their 30 to 10 feet in front of the vehicle. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yep, they're making their move, and we've already got a rank uh, that's uh, another 30 feet behind them. But uh, let's see, that's all gone on. That's the enemies. We are on to you, Hedrick. Looking out to my sides, can I see Tabi or Basha? Uh, Tabi is on the uh, other side of the vehicle. You cannot see him. You can see Basha up ahead uh, very clearly um, through the uh, window there. So how many are in front of Basha? Uh, there are, um, beyond Basha, there's another four 30 feet past him. Um, before you get to Basha, uh, there are two that are kind of on the, on the uh, left, you know, the American driver's side of the vehicle. One is far enough off where you probably won't run it over in the straight line that you're in. The other one, you will. I see four past Basha, up ahead that way. Uh, he's going to cast Shatter using his um, Amplifier. So we're going to do it at third level. So they take 4d8 thunder damage uh, after a constitution saving throw. What I have is a 20-foot radius using the amplifier i can increase okay. like the, the range of it um, okay what's the range on it though 60 feet turned to 120. oh fantastic okay because they are at 70. yeah i knew they're coming up hedrick is trying to play the long game he understands he had an inspiring leader moment with these guys he's going to see how long they can hold out before he starts to go straight buffing. He wants to try to create some cushion. Disperse. Yeah, yeah. No, um, yeah, all four of that next rank will be completely inside of that then. Okay. Um, could you say that I have enough movement tumbling full to flip up on top of the van at this point? Um, yeah, I suppose. I mean, this is the sort of thing you could probably hang a chunky out of the, out of the you know, out of the side there, but you could t totally tumbling fool up on top. I mean, this is a ghost rideable whip here. Okay. So anything within that 40 foot diameter circle uh, on that cluster is going to have to make a constitution saving throw. All right. So we have got four of them lined up. Uh, we'll they make anything made of inorganic material, such as crystal or metal has disadvantage on saving throw. Nice. Well, there we go. And I would consider this to be uh, primarily inorganic and anti-organic. <laughs> so, uh, all right. So we'll do them one at a time in the first one. Well, it's going to be a six. That's not going to do the job. Nope. Second one's also going to be a six. 
third one is going to be a nine. And the fourth one is going to be a 21. Ooh, with disadvantage, that sucks. Yeah. Okay, well, the fourth one saves. But the other three... Okay. Sixteen bludgeoning damage. All right, so the three to the left there. Oh, I'll I'm take... sorry. Thunder, thunder. thunder All damage. right, take uh, take a significant amount of thunder damage, and are definitely showing a little more of spirit, uh, smoky, juicy badness, uh, kind of flowing out of them. Hmm. They're still on their feet, but uh, they're a little worse for wear. Some of the uh, brass or uh, bronze or whatever tarnished green uh, metallic substance they're made out of. Uh, seems tarnished to be- green metallic substance? Yeah. It seems to be a little less uh, in the structural or integrity department. So in this moment, Hedrick has continued just kind of like this stream of thought as he's got the loot in his hands. He swings up onto the roof of the van, slams this cord down and creates this big shattering moment to a cluster of the uh, undead in front of him. And then he's dropping back into his uh, melodic riffs that he was playing earlier. And he's going to try to beguile one of the constructs near um, Basha. Now, does that end the beguiling on the previous one? Let check. Um, it's a, uh, it's a good question. What's I've never tried to unearthly chorus. So the music moves with you centered on you for the duration and using the amplifier, the radius is 60 feet. So long as that creature I choose is within 60 feet of me, it would be beguiled. Uh, on a bonus action on each of my turns. Yep. Beguile one creature you choose within 60 feet because of the amplifier. Right. That I can see and yeah. I can hear the music. You just keep making more of them. Yeah. The I'm gonna, as I keep going, I'm going to try to keep luring well, them I, in. I'm, I'm reading the spell and that seems to be how it works. That's fucking hilarious. I love that. Because even when the music ends for an hour thereafter, it's friendly. And the music is heard, I would say... 200 feet away because of the amplifier. It's increasing the range, doubling the range for all of the effects, right? So you, yeah, just keep like trying to just pick one off every single time. So this is not the one that he is directly in combat with. It's an adjacent one. Okay, so uh, of the three you shattered, uh, you're going to go after the one that resisted then? He's talking about well, the one near Russia. I'm oh, talking about the one that's the next rank up. Okay, yes. Yes say like i don't know the, fur- the furthest one to like the you know away from Bosch yeah the one uh, maybe far enough away that uh, it might not get run over okay yeah yes and oh, maybe it, so, it has uh, it has not engaged yet okay and it needs to make that uh charisma saving throw right yes it does it's a fun spell dude i'm trying it with the amplifier yep this one yeah. gets a 13 and it's putting up a little more resistance than last time uh, DC is uh, hard seventeen. Yep. So, yeah. Nope. Yeah, I just, you know, I wanted to let you know that you're getting a little more pushback this time, but good. this one is ultimately also beguiled. Okay. Cool. I mean, it's it's concentration up to ten minutes, so that's why he's constantly playing. 
and trying to add emphasis and a little bit of uh, special um, attention to these areas to cast different things as he plays. Yeah, just just pick one off, pick 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 them off one at a time. Yeah. Do cool. these things fight for us or do they just join us? They are friendly towards me. They're just friendly. So they seem to just kind of be dumbfounded because they don't seem to be, have like really a lot of intelligence, right? Meaning just... if if me or my companions attack them, they automatically save and they regain their senses. But for the moment, as long as they can hear the music and they're within range, they will just be friendly. I mean, it's good to just disable a few so we can get to where we're trying to go. And then, you know, we can try to like destroy them from a distance before they have a chance to close. Right. He's all about the glamour. He's all about the show. It's very, You're very. Feeling it. This is a great show. I'm momentarily, I'm, momentary yeah. moments. You know, like, yeah, I love it. Yep. This is a, this is a great canvas for big hero moments. So, uh, all right. So that's uh, that's what Hedrick's been uh, up to. Um, now uh, you are. Where are you right now, Hedrick? I am on top of the van. Yep, I you are still. In, yep. You're in well, the riding position. I, so yeah, now at this point, I would think I at least get a glance around of what the surrounding is. And I realize maybe 360 degree amplification will allow like everything to like move a little bit smoother. Uh, when he's confined inside, he has a little bit of protection, but at the same time, he doesn't really know what's going on. All That's no stage for a performer such as yourself. Right. right. He wanted to make sure things were rolling with the van first. Now he sees it's oh, pretty yeah. much a boulevard straight on that's going to be able to carry. Okay. All right. Well, uh, speaking of performances, Tabby, it's time for you to do a little bit of performing. And the truck has passed by, and you've got a clear shot on a pretty damaged dude back here. Yeah, that was my question. around and struggling to catch up to it now. So that was my question, right. It's, it's damaged, but it's still, like, very much hostile and, and, and like, functioning. So That is correct. Yeah. I'm going to move right up to it. I'm going to use my bonus action to use my feature um, versatile trickster and command my use instead of use, use my mage hand right to kind of get within five feet of it and confer me advantage on attacks against it, which would allow me sneak attack if I hit. And I'm going to swing with my I'm going to advance on it and swing with my shadow blade. Advance and swing away. Yeah, with hold on, I do I rolled two 19s so. Uh, yeah, plus yeah, 10. The trick. Plus 10 is 29. That definitely hits. So first, it's 2d8 psychic damage. So that's 9 psychic damage. And then 7d6 sneak attack. And uh, an additional 19 from the sneak attack. I think I only get, I don't have any extra attacks or anything like that, it doesn't look like. Okay, um, so what was that total? So 9 Psychic plus, what did I just say, 19? 9 and 19 is, yeah, that's enough to get past uh, what I had as a threshold. So uh, do some describing for me as uh, you tell us what it looks like as you destroy it. So the Shadow Blade actually, eventually, like, you know, the way that it looks is very similar to my Mage Hand, right? That very celestial, wispy type, you know, like almost like void sort of, like, uh, it looks like incorporeal and illusory, right? And it slashes through this thing, um, 
and like again everything inside of it like i think you remember describing in a previous episode there's like wisps of like weird shit happening inside of this 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 yep. construct um are snuffed out and it falls to the ground but like there's no actual cut because it's an illusion yep the death itself is killed and then I will advance 40 feet to put myself in front uh, of the vehicle again. Okay, so um, so that was yeah, the 40 right feet. side. So you're going to advance around the right or the left of the vehicle? I'm going to advance to the right so I can kind of be alongside Basha as I advance. That's 10, 20, 30. Okay, so that puts you about 10 feet in front of uh, where it is right now. So I imagine you might want to be off to the side because it's going to keep on driving. Yeah, I want to be off to the side. And I, I mean, how far? I think Basha is actually not. Basha he's, he's still a good 10, 20, 30 feet in front of you. Yeah, I mean, I kind of want to be, yeah, I, yeah, right side of the vehicle with enough distance for the vehicle to clear next to me, uh, but advancing towards Basha because I believe he's also on the right. Yes. He, he exited yep. out of the vehicle on that side. So, yeah. That is correct. So now, in between the turns, the vehicle advances, and you are just, a, uh, you, Tabby, are just about parallel with the uh, sidecar turret thing. Okay. So its uh, face has gotten a little bit past you there. Uh, the truck has moved forward. One is beguiled, and uh, one of the others that was in the middle there is smashed by the truck. As it continues its merciless yet ponderous approach towards the tower. Basha, it is your turn. You begin the turn prone. You are 20 feet in front of this advancing vehicle. And if you are in this position at the end of your turn, you will likely be run over by the time your next turn comes around. Yeah, no, I'm I'm gonna use my uh, tipsy sway again. Let me see. <clears throat> Good thing we didn't let him drive this thing. He's fucking drunk. Right, hammered. <laughs> um, how near? How close is the nearest enemy? It's the, the one that nearest, uh, is uh, to you. Is uh, let's see. Oh, it's uh, still on its feet, looming over you within melee range. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm going to try to beat the crap out of it. All right, good to get to the crap beaten. Uh, two 19s. Yeah, two 19s will do the, tw the 29 to hit. Um, I will use the flurry of blows again, to d and I'll disengage from it. Let it get run over, hopefully, after my turn. Okay, so, uh, yeah. Um... Oh, nat 20 on one, uh, and the 12 on the other. So one didn't hit, but the other one crushed it. Yeah, I think you're going to do some damage here. Let's find out.
38 damage. Okay, yep. You may describe what it looks like as this one is destroyed. Uh, so Basha kind of like tumbles between its legs, uh, hits it twice from the back, and jumps up and does two sweet-ass bicycle kicks. Uh, and just dents the thing so hard that it like collapses in on itself and drops. Its torso is just so damaged that it can't really do anything effective. Its limbs kind of flail somewhat ineffectively as it's just sitting there as a useless stump of crap on the ground. Right, slowly waiting to be run over by <laughs> the mayhem machine. All right, and that is done and dusted. Um, what kind of movement do you have in your future there, Basha? Um, so if I use Fury of Blows, I immediately get Disengage, which adds another 10 feet. Yes, it does. Uh, how close is the nearest enemy? Uh, so your nearest enemies are going to be 10, 20, 30 feet further in front. Three of them to the left have been uh, somewhat damaged. And uh, that one to the right, that one wasn't, no, that one wasn't beguiled. Something happened to that. Okay. Uh, did something else to that, maybe. The one to uh, the right has not been touched. No, it wasn't touched. Uh, we checked off of that one. That's, I was thinking it was going to be beguiled, and it wasn't. Nope, I got my numbers here. We're good. So I will, is there room on the right side where I can just kind of, like, strafe the enemy? Like, like you're trying to flank uh, past out them to the side or something? To the to the right, the one that's less damaged. What kind of movement are you looking at uh, trying to burn here? Um, I just want to be like literally ten feet directly to the right of it. I guess. Oh yeah, you've uh, you've probably got more than enough movement for that. It's going to be about 10, 20, 30, and a couple to the side. Let's call it about forty feet. If you got that, you can do I it. Do. Okay. Yep. Right, there you go. So you are ten feet off to the side of this undamaged guy who is uh, off to the side as well. So you would be about halfway between the middle of the vehicle and the side of the road. Yeah. But so significantly far in front of it. So that's where you're moved to. You're ten feet away from this guy. That is the end of the Basha turn, and we are on to some enemies here. Now. Uh, these slow ones, uh, well, I'm sorry, I should say the damaged three in this rank are going to do their 30 feet of movement forward, you know, kind of uh, blitzing it on in and getting to where that last group was. You know, they are suitably enraged by the damage that has been done to them by Hedrick rocking out on top of this moving van here. Now, off to the right there, though, that one to the right, that uh, that's definitely going to key in on, uh, on you there, Basha. And, uh, you know, he's no fool. He might not have a whole lot of initiative, but he knows what to smash and uh, when to do the smashing. So he's going to move that 10 feet over towards you, and he is going to make his two attacks with his slammy weapons. The first one's going to be a 24 against AC. That will definitely hit. And the second one is going to be a 16 against AC. That will not. All right, so we just have our one, which is 3d6 plus 5 bludgeoning. So it's, let's see, 4 plus 5, so 9 bludgeoning. Oh, um, 
No, I used a bonus action already. Never mind. I was going to use patient defense, but it's a bonus action. Yep. You're also taking 10 cold damage. That's 19? Yes, and 6 fire damage. Like, it freezes, it burns, it bludgeons. It's a pretty awful weapon. And you said this thing looks like TikTok from, like, Oz, right? Yes, except significantly larger and full of green death smoke. Green Green death death smoke. smoke. Yep. All right, so that gets its attack in. It's done its movement. That is the end of the enemy's turn. We are on to Hedrick. Uh, So looking to my left, I see Tabby. Uh, yes. And what's he currently engaged in? Uh, Tabi is actually looking to the left, would not find you, Tabi. If you were to look to the right in uh, maybe one of, um, you know, if it had a side view, you'd be able to see Tabi about parallel with the uh, that sidecar and about five feet out to the right of that. Okay, so they're both kind of together and Basha has moved up. Yeah, Basha, you can see he's off to the right, about 10, 20, 30, 40, uh, let's see, uh, 50 feet uh, forward and about 20 feet off to the right. Okay, how many are engaged around him? Uh, There's just the one engaged with him. The others uh, have moved to about 20 feet in front of the vehicle. One other thing you'll note is there's not a whole lot past that. It looks like things have thinned out a little bit. We got some nice straight pavement. Okay. Um, I believe I will cast another Shatter at the group right in front. Um, If I can find a diameter, if I feel like it's wide enough that I could clip some of the other guys, uh, it would be imperative not to hit Basha. So if it's too far to get any of those guys, I'll just... Yeah, it's actually gotten itself uh, definitely away from the others. In fact, I would say, let's see, it's uh, 30, about 25 feet off to the side and 30 feet further away from the other three. Okay. Whereas the the three have advanced on the vehicle that's advancing towards them, that other one just went off to the right to attack Basha. Okay, so with a 10-foot radius, a 20-foot circle, I could encompass the ones right in front? Yes, you could. Okay. I'm going to do that. Just a regular 3d8 thunder damage. They have to make a constitution saving throw. All right, and they are making that at disadvantage yet again, correct? Yes. All right, so our first one. It's going to be a 19. That will save Second one is going to be a 16. Does not save. Yeah. And third one is also going to be a 16 and won't save. All right, so two of them will take a plus four constitution mod on these guys. 3d8, and uh, the other one will take half damage. All right. Nine thunder damage. That's the half damage or the full damage is the nine. That's that's full. 3d8 was okay. weak. It was weak. <laughs> These things happen. They are, uh, let's see, uh, the, um, which was the one that uh, got that save? That was the second one. So out of the three that have advanced, the one in the middle is doing a little bit better, but they're all significantly damaged at this point. 
Um, what is, is anything else threatening us from the left or behind us? Not particularly at this moment. There are a few, but uh, just at a quick glance and knowing how they move, they won't be able to catch you. All right. Well, um, I'm going to inspire uh, Tabby again as the bonus action. Right. I, still, I still have the last one. Does that stack? Oh, you do. You do still have it. It won't stack. I'm have sorry. I, 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 I have not. I have not spent it. Basha has spent his though. Okay, so yeah, I guess that's he's looking to inspire one of his comrades. He'll look over to Basha and play some licks. Basha, right into the top, he's gonna be a hero. Oh, yeah. All right, so Basha uh, gets some heroic inspiration while he's out there toiling, struggling with uh, with this thing. But uh, Tabi, um, let's see, if uh, Hedrick's finished with his turn, then we're on to you. Okay, so nearest enemies to me are the ones that Basha is, was fighting. Yes, and it is 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, about 60 feet in front of you and about 10 feet off to the right. Okay, nothing else be- between me and them. Uh, well, you've got those other three. Uh, they're pretty damaged. Those are about 10, 20, 30 feet in front of you and uh, kind of in front of the truck. Right, because, I mean, they're like, cause, uh, are they slated to be run over? Uh, right now, if they don't get an incredible dodge act on, they are about to catch truck to the face in a few seconds. I'll let them be then. Yep, the one t- furthest to the left is uh, is probably not going to get hit, though. Okay, well, I want to be clearing things as we, as we move along here. So I'm going to move to the one that's furthest to the left. Okay, uh, are you going to cross in front of the truck, or in front of the, uh, yeah, the uh, wagon? Are you going to go over it, behind it? I mean, I can action slide across the hood. You absolutely could action slide across the hood at the uh, cost of uh, a one non-action, you know, does not count as part of your action economy acrobatics. Don't fuck up. Because it's cool. Yeah, that's fine. That's going to be a 21. Yeah, no, uh, you uh, you slide in such a way that uh, you get uh, you get that little bit of time dilation that... Mm-hmm. <laughs> as you slide across. It's a very action-y moment. Hedrick's uh, I was gonna yeah. say Hedrick's on top watching you slide across. He's like, oh fuck yeah, Tabby. As you're like sliding across. Yes. Yep. Gonna catch myself on my feet and then sort of just like like running jump stab over the head, right? Uh to that leftmost uh construct as my mage hand pops in front of it as my bonus action to confirm me advantage. Sounds good. Yeah, it does a little bit of John Cena. You can't see me right in front of its face, and it is unable to defend against you. Awesome. 23 to hit. We'll do that. Yeah, that'll do it. So that is seven psychic damage. Plus 16 with a sneak attack makes that... Plus six is what? Thirteen. Seven plus six is thirteen. Thirteen. Yeah. So yeah, twenty-three damage total. Oh yeah, that is more than enough to put you in uh, get descriptive uh, territory. Oh yeah, same same sort of thing, right? Virtual slash through it, the light fades from inside it, and it just falls to the ground. 
Yeah. It falls to the ground and just the way the time economy happens, it clatters to the ground at the same time as the other two are impacted by the grill of this moving truck. All three of them are destroyed simultaneously. The truck is now 20 feet further along as we've gotten to that point in the turn. Do you have anything else going on, by the way, Tommy? Uh, how much, how much, that movement took me, what, 30 or 40? 10, 20, 30, we're going to call it 40, just doing the triangle math on that. Then that's all I can do. All right, that's all you can do. You will be parallel with the front of the truck then as it uh, kind of hits its movement there. Uh, we have enemies, and the only remaining existent enemy is the one that is engaged with Basha. Um... But uh, they'll be Basha's turn to do stuff to it before vice versa. So, yeah, Basha, it's your turn. All right. Uh, hit it so many times. Yes, hit it many times. So many times. <laughs> oh, another. Oh, are you kidding me? You have inspiration. I had, 20. I had a nat 20 and it tipped. The virtual dice tipped it oh, off of oh. a nat 20. Why, <laughs> God? You, you just got physics engined. Yeah. Uh, so one's a 19 right off the bat. I'm going to use the other inspiration. At least it didn't knock it over to a one, but still. Oof. All right. So one was a 19 that obviously hits. Uh, the other is a 16. So that still doesn't it's hit. It's not going to do the job. Cause we know that it has a 17. Uh, and then I will again, do the two flurry of blows to disengage after the two hits. All right. And uh, yeah, get your two flurry of blow shots in. Uh, neither of those hit, but I get to disengage. So I only do one D8 plus five. What a shame. At least it was an eight. 13 damage, and I will disengage um, 10 feet. At 10 feet in which direction? Back towards the... Um, Mayhem machine. Mayhem machine. Okay. Uh, and I will... You, I can use my movement now, too, right? After yes. I've disengaged. And I will just get back to the vehicle. All right, yeah, you can get back to the vehicle, and I would say even uh, it costs you five feet or less of movement to just get back in the vehicle, if you want. No, just next to it. Just next to it, okay. So you're next to hanging off the side or just kind of, uh, you know, uh, moving alongside it? marching with it sounds great so yeah that will be your turn there basha that enemy you have attacked is quite in, in quite bad shape but not down yet all right so we will get on to enemies you have disengaged you have walked away and you are 10 20 30 and change away from it so it is not going to be able to catch all the way up to you it's going to get uh, kind of parallel with the front um, and it's going to, you know, be doing a, it's got its arms out. It's taking some ineffective swipes, but it's not even quite able to clip the, you know, clip the, uh, headlights on this thing. Right. So, uh, that's the enemy's turn. That's the last enemy kind of moving about. Hedrick, we are on to you. Do you have anything, uh, to do? Um, knowing that there's how much, how much further do we have to go? to reach the encampment here at the archway. Uh, you have gone 20, 40, 60, 80. By the end of this uh, ses- uh, cycle, you'll be uh, have moved about 100 feet and have about 900 feet left to go. 
You've got a clear pavement ahead of you. So if you were to so choose, you, you guys could attempt to get this thing going faster again and try to close some of this ground. What is what is left in front of our wave? What is stopping us? Uh, the, there is nothing really stopping you. Parallel width and about 10 feet off to the right is one last very damaged uh, uh, construct. There are a couple uh, friendly ones uh, within uh, some range of you guys. But other than that, it's just that um, nobody's really driving this thing. Okay. Um, he'll continue to stay on top. All right. Continues to stay on top. He's going to uh, cast Catapult on the final guy standing up by kind of flicking the neck of his root. He's going to look for loose rock, loose boulder, anything that's about five to ten pounds. Um, is there anything available in front of me? Oh, there's like definitely it? plenty of fod. Um, if nothing else, you could fling one of the fragments of destroyed uh, construct at it. Okay. Well, that's what he's, he's going to do. Uh, he All needs right. to make a dexterity, dexterity saving throw. I got a one on the 1d6, so you are flinging the head of one of these destroyed constructs at this other one, and you set a dexterity saving throw, which it will attempt to make, it's a minus one on a two on the die, so it gets an unnatural one. Okay, 15, 18, bludgeoning damage as the head of this thing goes flying at the last construct to try and knock him out of the way. 18 would be more than enough, so you can feel free to describe how this does the job. Uh, it's a it's a catapult. The description of the spell says the object I choose stops when it hits a uh, an object, um, even a creature. So I'm gonna say it kind of goes into the cavity of this robot and jangles around enough so that all of the limbs and heads and legs just kind of fall off of this torso piece, and then the torso piece just slumps to the ground alone on top of this pile of parts. And so it is said, such as it has happened, and all of the constructs in your immediate vicinity have either been pacified or destroyed. Yay. Seeing that, Toppy's going to make a break for the driver's side again of the vehicle. Hedrick uh, looks down at his two uh, interns um, and he says, consider that your first lesson. Now let's go see what's going on. All right. So, uh, Tabi, you are now in the driver's seat. Is there anything you're attempting to do now that you're here? Remove the screwdriver. Okay. Uh, <laughs> excellent. Um, before I resolve that, um, Basha, are you getting into the vehicle? Uh, back in my gunnery position. Okay, Basha is there, and Hedrick, what are you doing? You were uh, on top. Uh, he is, he is, yeah, riding towards the uh, tower. On left top. hand, left hand on the on the fretboard, riding on top of this van, and his other hand just throwing the horns up. <laughs> yes, that's fantastic. Okay, good. Tabi, make a sleight of hand check to get that screwdriver back out. Oh, easy. Can you even fail these? Easy. I cannot. Yeah. Sleight of hand. Drama out of it. The the minimum I can roll, or the minimum result I have on sleight of hand is twenty. Yeah, and I, I I can't I can't you know 
there's nothing I can do here. I'd love to go fishing for a one. I can't tell you it's not sleight of hand to get the screwdriver back out of it. However, if it makes any difference, this was a 21. World of 11. Yeah. That's fine. So you do manage to get it out of there and you are able to, uh, you know, operate this thing more or less unscathed. Now, right, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to. I'm going to slowly accelerate so as so as Hedrick has time to get, gather his bearings and adjust his footing on the top of the vehicle so that we can advance at a faster clip without throwing Hedrick off the top of this thing. Hedrick is very light on his feet. Uh, despite his lyrical and musical attempts, he is actually specialized as a gesture or a jester. So he can tumble and cartwheel and flip and, you know, I think he was nimble enough to, you know, find out what the roof of this thing looked like when he flopped up there and find his best footing. And so that's where we're going to leave our interns, slowly uh, accelerating towards the Tower of Legradex, towards nice. this lighthouse, towards this school with Tabby, the only responsible adult, you know, that we, you know, met as an eight-year-old driving, driving this destructive piece of hardware with, uh, with uh, Basha in the shotgun seat, treating his uh, uh, heavy crossbow like a shotgun. And in my attempt to use one last walk-off pun atop this, we have a rude jester. Hey. And if you like those sorts of puns, you can find us on the internet. We can be found in such places as Twitter and Instagram at Hapless Heroes. We're on Reddit slash r slash Hapless Heroes Podcast. We can be found on Facebook, Hapless Heroes Podcast. All of these things will take you to the crown jewel of our internet presence, our Discord server, where you can meet and greet, talk to, chat, uh, and, uh, you know, discuss uh, all the good things in the world with us in our little uh, enclave on the internet. Now, if you really like us, though, you leave us a five-star review on the podcast service of your choice. I trust that if you are listening to us, you'll find us on a podcast service that is at least somewhat to your liking. And if you are to leave us a five-star review or really any kind of respectful any-star review, uh, we will, uh, as long as we can find it, we will read it on air. And we uh, that way we can recognize you as the five-star human being that you, in fact, are. Now, if for some reason against medical advice you really, really like us, you can donate to our Patreon, patreon.com slash haplessheroes, and we've got a number of different reward tiers going all the way on up to Tasteful Nudes. No one's gotten there yet, and uh, I gotta tell you, I could not be more thankful for that fact, but at some of our lower tiers, you've got things like uh, Oblitz Journal, and uh, you get access to our super secret uh, Pinkies in the Air Patron Lounge uh, channel on Discord, and that's one of the places that you can uh, get our uh, bloopers, which is the real highlight of our uh, comedy careers right there. You know, things that are just too ribald to keep in keep encased in a family unfriendly Dungeons and Dragons podcast. And if you love us, truly you love us, Sally Fields and the whole deal. Organize with your friends, your compadres, your family, your co-workers. Organize a flash mob live action role. Granted, you'd probably have to 
abide by some sort of standards by this point. We're going to be separated and spacious and find yourself in a wide open soccer field that's not currently a posting practice for the kiddies and play out your favorite live action role play character from Hapless Heroes. In this flash mob. Mm -hmm. Yep, you just pick the time. You know, you could be standing there with your uh, purse or your satchel, you know, or uh, maybe just your favorite tennis shoes. And then all of a sudden, you know when everybody engages in, uh, you know, their favorite pastime of being fantasy characters from a podcast. You love and tell everyone to come. Legal disclaimer, flash mob does not literally mean flash mob. Keep your hands, feet, and other appendages to yourselves at all times. Hands on. Uh, Apple Sierra's podcast is not responsible for any indecent exposure charges you may cop. <laughs> but anyway, uh, since uh, since we got that out of the way, uh, the only thing we have left to get out of the way is ourselves, and we're going to do that by outroing our cast. So we'll start from the left this time with, uh, with Hedrick the Entertainer, played by Phil. All along the watchtower, mobile mayhem did prowl. Three riders were approaching, and the wind began to howl. <laughs> to his left, as Basha Ironback, was it? Uh, we have uh, we have John. As one victory leads to many more. In his left, as Taviasramat, we have Francesco. All right, that was pretty cool. This hero business is kind of fun. And my name is Dave. I've been your host and Dungeon Master for this evening. Thank you for joining us this week. We'll see you next week with a return to the main cast. Bye-bye now. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.